Hello, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals press on towards the mark of self-actualization using a combination of old-school wisdom and new beat tactics to help achieve this end. My name is Sim, and welcome to the episode. This one's going to be about thinking errors. So welcome, so glad to have you back here again. And today we're going to be talking about, like I said, thinking errors. And thinking errors are things that really prevent you from seeing things clearly. So if you listen to the episode on the battleground of the mind, you'll remember that I talked about cognitive distortions. And this episode is going to be an expansion on that. So your inner mental landscape is something that you have to live with. That's the only thing that you can really change on your own. You can go to a therapist or a psychologist, but they aren't going to change your thinking. Only you have the power to change your thinking. And your thinking is a mechanism that creates your feelings, which feelings create a bodily reaction in terms of hormones or other chemicals, other chemicals in your body, which then creates your behavior. So for example, you're thinking, thinking, oh, I'm very anxious in this situation. I don't like being around strangers. That creates your feelings, which makes you feel anxious. And that creates a body reaction, which is a tightening and a constriction of your body. And then that creates your behavior, which is you want to avoid and you want to escape. So that creates a whole concept of anxiety. So anxiety is becomes a shortcut to escaping whatever situation is, whether it be social mental, physical, or emotional, right? Um, So thinking errors really prevent you from showing up in your business. They prevent you from showing up in your social life, and they just prevent you from showing up really in every sphere of your life because these prevent you from taking effective action. And most of the time, you'll find that these thinking errors are excuses because they help to keep you comfortable. Now, I've got eight of these, and there's a whole laundry list more I think hundreds, maybe even thousands, who knows. But these belong usually to the realm of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and just therapy in general. And a good therapist, if you're working with one, will help you root out these excuses. So if you go to therapy or if you go to um, a mental health counselor's office and they talk with you and you talk to them about your day-to-day and things that made you feel a certain way, they'll help you root out these thinking ex- thinking behaviors and thinking excuses uh, on a large degree, more than I think is possible, sometimes even on your own. But uh, just as a preview, if that ever happens to you, and just so you can get some good um, foundation, these eight are ones that I came up with that you'll see a lot. And you may even struggle with these yourself. So these will be very relatable. So without further ado, let's get started on this one. Um, the first one, I'd say, and this is what I call the Pollyanna fallacy. So you have a somewhat warped and idealistic perspective of things that are going to happen to you in the future, and you think everything that happens to you in the future is going to be positive. And Of course, it's good to think positive. It's good to be optimistic. It's good to be 
cheerful in terms of what your future is going to look like. But at the same time, you need to be, you need to be realistic and you need to have a accurate sense of what is going to happen, what could happen. And sometimes, unfortunately, you can't really predict what is going to happen. So you'll just have to prepare for the worst, to be honest. If you prefer for the worst, then if something less worse happens, you'll be prepared for it because you prepared for the worst case scenario. And I'm not talking about being a paranoid, oh, doomsday guy thinking, oh, everything is just going to fall down and go splat. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about envisioning that things may not happen exactly how you want them to and they won't there's always going to be detours there's going to be roadblocks and for this it won't happen to me usually people engage in some sort of risky behavior or they do something which you really shouldn't be doing because uh the end result is usually going to be catastrophic like for example think of playing russian roulette russian roulette you just load a bullet into the chamber and you just keep clicking and clicking and clicking and you are supposed to click through all the chambers and click through all the chambers except the one that doesn't have the bullet in it and this (laughs) this is obviously illegal this is something that uh, you can't do uh, in most places but um, when you say it won't happen to me you pretty much are playing russian roulette with your life or whatever circumstance you find yourself in. So that's something to always keep in mind. Always prepare for things may not happen the way you want and always make sure you're prepared in general, period. So that's the first one. It won't happen to me. Now, the second one is things will always be the same in my life. And this belongs to what I call the predestination fallacy, where you think that things are just predestined to happen. And, you know, you have control over, you have some degree of control over what happens to you or how you respond to it, really. Um, Things will not always be the same. Like I mentioned in the audio on the labyrinth, uh, navigating the labyrinth, things won't always be the same because life is impermanent. And the definition of life is impermanence. Things always change. Things always fluctuate. And things always fluctuate for quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad reasons. For example, um, if you're fit, if you're healthy, if you're trim, muscular, you can maintain that for a good amount of time. But um, the chances of you maintaining it indefinitely are impossible because everyone ages. So... That's one example of impermanence. Another example of impermanence is working at a job. You're not always going to be working at that job, especially now people change jobs all the time. And you need to be ready for when there's a fluctuation in your company or in your skills. And that requires you moving up and moving somewhere else. That'll test you. So things will always be the same in my life. If you're doing bad There's a chance that it may get worse, to be honest, without any conscious intervention because of the law of entropy. Things not acted on only uh, devolve. So, for example, if you don't cut the grass, it's going to grow. If you don't consciously monitor your finances, you're going to spend them all, spend all the money you have. 
if you don't um, consciously upgrade your skills, they're going to atrophy and make sure you're maintaining your skills. They're going to atrophy and all these other things. So uh, things don't stay the same. Things usually get worse if they're not acted on consciously. So uh, that's another one. Things will always be the same in my life. For the most part, no. You're going to graduate from school, whether high school, college, or post-grad. You're going to go into a new phase of life, and then that phase of life will turn into another phase, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? You don't stay 15 years old forever. So that's two. Things will always be the same in my life. That's part of the predestination fallacy. Another one that's part of the predestination fallacy is I'm destined to fill in the blank. And I talked about this again in the episode on the battleground of the mind because the I had I knew some people who thought they were going to be better off than they are right now. And that's because they fell to this predestination fallacy that they were somehow fated or chose or divinely chosen to end up in a certain position, right? Um, And this fallacy prevents you from really doing the work you need to do to get to a certain place or achieve a certain end. And that's because you think everything is just going to cruise along nicely. And sometimes it will, but a lot of times it won't. So you're more better urging and leaning towards the side that things won't be better unless you consciously make them better. So never believe that you're destined to do anything. And if you do happen to skate into a certain position, then think of that as just sort of chance or luck or maybe even divine guidance. So uh, the divine shine down on you that one time, right? But don't make it a habit. So that is the third. I'm destined to fill in the blank. The fourth one is this person thinks X of me. So you could think this person likes me, this person hates me, this person detests me. And this is part of the mind reading fallacy. So when you fall victim to this mind reading fallacy, this cognitive distortion, then you believe you can accurately read what's in someone's mind. And I'm not saying that you can't get a sense of someone's position towards you. Obviously, actions speak louder than words, but you can't exactly know 100% for sure what someone is thinking, even if they say, you know, I like you. But on the surface, deep, 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 deep down, they may not like you that much. They may just tolerate you. But um, if you read someone's mind, if you try to read someone's mind, you say that, oh, well, you know, this person uh, always will do X in this situation, then you set yourself up to have a very massive fall when that person doesn't live up to your expectations. So with this fallacy, you can fall into victim shaming. So you think of yourself as a victim saying, oh, this person hates me, blah, 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 blah. And you paint yourself as a victim or you fall into deification. So deification is when you put people up on the pedestals and you think of them as gods and you believe that, oh, because a woman is attractive or because a man is attractive or someone is just happens to be preternaturally blessed with 
good looks or whatever, you think that they always think a certain way or they like certain things or their life is easy because you can read their minds, right? So that's part of the things that you can fall into. And it just makes social relations and social interactions harder than they need to be. So that is number four. This person thinks so-and-so of me, whether negative or positive. The fifth one is I have nothing to offer. And this belongs to what I call the minimization fallacy. So you minimize yourself, you minimize your contribution, you minimize what you can give to the world, and you believe that, hey, I'm just who I am. I don't really have a voice. I don't really have much I can say. So there's no point of me pitching my hat in the ring or giving my opinion or um, contributing an idea to a certain thing because they're worthless, pretty much. So um, you're probably overlooking your own talents because there's a lot of people who just out of low self-esteem believe they don't have anything to offer anybody other than just free labor. And that's probably not true. Most likely not true. You've probably had some wins in the past, but you're overshadowing them and you're cognitively blocking them out because they don't fit that paradigm of, I have nothing to offer. And again, there's chance that you do. And the book Mastery by Robert Greene talks about this a lot. He talks about um, how everyone has Everyone is different. Everyone comes from a different set of parents, different backgrounds, different DNA, different inclinations, and those combine to create a special offering that someone has to give to the world. And once you find that out and you start to develop it more and more, then that gives you a good shot at becoming really, really adept at that and really good at that and really touching uh, the lives of other people. So if you want more info, about that, um, I'll leave a link to an article I wrote on inclinations, primal inclinations, he calls them in mastery, and also the book Mastery. I think that's a recommended work for anyone who is striving to become their best self in life, and also people who are just coming out the gate in terms of starting out in life. So I think that's really important. So that's the fifth one. I have nothing to offer, which is a lie for most people. Actually, all people, to be honest. Sixth is, <clears throat> sorry, if this happens, I'm just going to die. I'm just going to, I'm just going to die if this happens. And you fall victim to that because of the catastrophizing fallacy. So you make things you just exaggerate things beyond what they need to be and you make things worse than they need to be. So you think if I lose my house, if I lose my job, if I lose my girlfriend, if I lose, um, if I lose my finger, if it gets chopped off or something, I don't know. <laughs> um, if you lose anything in general, if you just lose, then you just can't handle it and your existence will just, you'll just implode. You'll just, you'll just cease to exist. You'll just evaporate. And there's a good chance that um, it is going to hurt, usually, especially when it comes to major, major losses, like, let's say, the death of a family member or a significant other or 
even a child, right? Those things are very painful. I'm not trying to minimize that. I'm not trying to make that irrelevant. However, you know, the sun rises in the morning and, you know, things do get better. You don't necessarily need to just, oh, well, uh, this person died and then you'll just be back to normal. You'll just be 100% good like the way it was. I don't think that's possible. I just think you just learn to live with it and you just move on because life needs to be lived, you know. Bills need to be paid. Work needs to be worked. Things need to be done. And drowning in self-pity and self-agonizing doesn't help you at all, right? So you're not going to die, most likely. And you'll be able to live with it. It's going to hurt, but you'll be able to live with it. And especially on minor scales, losses. Um, For example, like you don't get into the college you want or you don't get the car you want, or you get into a car accident and you your car gets totaled, you know, these externals that I talked about, these external things, these are, especially these are very minor external things, you know, you just need to gain more mental toughness. It's not going to be terribly catastrophic if you lose these things. Getting into a car accident sucks. I know I've been in car accidents before but um yeah you live to fight another day hopefully and you'll be good okay you'll be good it's it's all gonna be all right right so that's the sixth one if this happens i'm just going to die which you probably won't the seventh one is because of so-and-so person or event, that's just the way I am. That's just who I am. And I call this the blaming fallacy. So because of your parents, because your parents were abusive, because um, you fell down a flight of steps, or your parents pushed you down a flight of steps when you were young, and they abused you, and they mocked you, they did all these things to you, or because... The girl rejected me, my girlfriend broke up with me, or who I thought was my girlfriend broke up with me, and that's why I can't really talk to a certain woman or a certain type of woman, or um, because I embarrassed myself in a public speaking engagement and everybody laughed at me, or people didn't really like my speech. I can't give public speeches again. That's why I'm so shy. That's why I'm so hesitant. That's why I'm so anxious. That's why I'm etc. 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 So you blame your current state on um, past things that happened to you. And again, I'm not trying to minimize or make irrelevant these things. Obviously, something like child abuse or you know, just abuse in general is very, very traumatic. And these things will probably need some degree of therapy when you get older and some degree of help. However, um, you're responsible for your reaction and your response to that. You know, these things can happen to you, but they don't have to define you. They don't have to make you who you are. These things are just content. These things are just history. And when you start to identify yourself as that history, as that content, and you think that's who you are, then 
of course, you're not going to transcend it because that's who you are in your mind. But when you see these things as just prologue to who you are and these things make up who you are, they are the totality, they are the entirety of who you are, then you start to see them in a context saying, well, you know, I was just an innocent child and I depended on parents to protect me and guide me, but they didn't. And I don't harbor any ill will against them for that. For some people, they'll have to get to that point um, after much therapy, after much introspection and where they don't have any ill will against anybody or any resentment against anyone. They just said, well, that woman was immature or she just didn't know what she was doing, playing with people's hearts like that. So I forgive her and I forgive those people for doing whatever to me. But um, I just know that they don't define me and I wish those people well. That is a, I think, mature high level response to things bad things, quote unquote, bad things that happened to you or happened to you in the past. And you can only get to that when you take responsibility for your life and your responses to life. And you don't use this blaming fallacy because of so-and-so person or event. And you don't make it seem as if um, it's something bigger than it is, right? Even though they can be big things, but obviously... Life is still life, and life contains a lot of big things. So, that's the seventh one. Because of so-and-so person or event, that's just the way I am. And that's part of the blaming fallacy. The eighth one and the last one, which is again part of the blaming fallacy, and also I think predestination is, I'm this way because of so-and-so reason. I'm this way because of my genetics my background, my Enneagram number, um, all this stuff, right? I'm this way because all of these. And obviously, again, as I said, this is very closely related to the last point, but this, I think, takes a wider net and that encompasses the last point. Um, I'm not saying these things don't matter. Obviously, genetics matter because they make up your blueprint of your physical body. Uh, your background matters. If you're from a certain third world country or you just didn't have opportunities growing up or you had a lot of opportunities growing up, that's going to affect the trajectory of your life, no doubt. Um, but then when you start to just blame everything on those things, then you start to use any type of vehicle as an excuse for irrational behavior, really, or just non-optimal what i call non-optimal behavior and for me non-optimal behavior is behavior that is let's say socially socially ignorant behavior like someone who is um someone who is an alcoholic like you have an alcoholic in your family or someone who just embarrasses themselves every time they take al alcohol or drinks at a party and they just embarrass themselves and then people get people let them off the hook instead of actually holding their feet to the fire and they just say oh well he's an alcoholic ha ha or they just have a drinking problem ha ha or that's just who they are ha blah, blah 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 like all these rationalizations so other people start to make rationalizations for you because they take pity on 
your background and saying, well, he came from a harsh background and he came from the ghetto or he came from nothing or he came from the mud or the dirt or whatever. That's why he, you know, gets in the fights. That's why he uh, is very rough around the edges. And pretty much all these people are making excuses for this type of behavior. So when you start to blame yourself, blame who you are currently on that behavior, then you let other people blame it on you and you create no accountability. And when you have no accountability, like I mentioned in the episode on six things that keep you stuck, when you have no accountability, it prevents you from really changing your behavior and really taking a good look at your behavior. And again, it lets you off the hook and there's no standard to live up to because you're not accountable to anything. So what this really does is, um, this mental fallacy is it just prevents you from doing the hard work to align yourself to something that is more, um, palatable, quote unquote palatable in terms of social dynamics. And it prevents you from really, um, straightening your life out, sorting yourself out. And that's not good because when you have people make excuses for you, when you have Yes, men make excuses for you and you're surrounded by people who make excuses for you and you make excuses for yourself. Then when you get to a point or a part of society where they don't tolerate these excuses, you're just going to get absolutely shredded. And I've seen this before. I've seen this before. And uh, it's very sad. It's very, very sad because these people had no, they had nothing to fall back on except excuses and the environment they were in did not tolerate excuses. So again, like I said, they got destroyed and you don't want that to happen to you. Okay. So that's it. Eight critical thinking errors that prevent you from really, uh, showing up in your life. And yeah, that's it for this one. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening in. I truly appreciate your support and your attention. It means a lot. If you like this content, go ahead and like the content. Go ahead and share the content with at least two other people you think would benefit. Doesn't hurt to spread the good stuff around, right? And if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show with a honest rating. This will definitely help the show grow. And I truly appreciate your feedback. So until next time, stay good. Take care of yourself. Take care of other people. And peace. Peace.